Hey there, welcome to a bonus edition of the Broadway show Uncut, a bonus episode because we want to shout out Academy Award nominee and two-time Broadway veteran Stephanie Hsu. So we've seen her on Broadway in SpongeBob SquarePants and Be More Chill, on TV in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and now she's nominated for an Oscar, Best Supporting Actress in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. In fact, that's the most nominated movie of the year with 11 nods. It's about a laundromat owner who's the only hope to save the multiverse from an evil force. And Stephanie plays that dazzling supervillain. She chatted with Paul Wintorek. So good to see you. It's so good to see you too. You're having a moment. I'm having a moment. Everything, everywhere, all at once. You suddenly are. I Everything, see. everywhere, all at once. All at once. Today, <laughs> every day, never again. <laughs> This movie that, that you are one of the stars of yeah. is, is, has blown up. I mean, what is, it, what is it like to, I know that you know what it's like to be in a Broadway show. I yes. know you know what it's like to be in a hit TV show. What is this like and how does it compare? Well, I think it's really crazy because, you know, we've always really loved this film and we, you know, it is your wildest dream that you make art and people respond to it, but right. I don't think any of us were prepared for everyone to be like, it's the best movie we've ever seen. <laughs> um, so that's been really wild. And people are not only having their brains blown, but also emotionally really relating to it. Yeah. In some ways it feels like Be More Chill on crack actually, because when I did Be More Chill, there were a lot of young people who were also like, I feel so seen, I feel so seen, I feel so seen. and it is awesome right. um, and this I think is just you know in theater you could be sitting in the back of the house and someone's face is like this big and now it's the exact opposite where people sit with my face for two and a half hours and it's like on IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> You're on IMAX. I'm on IMAX. <laughs> I am Max. <laughs> That's incredible and it's such a uh, unique special film that I'm sure you, how do you describe it to people all this time? It's, it must be great to have people actually get to experience it yeah. versus sort of describing it. Totally. I definitely think it's a type of movie that you want to just know almost nothing about right. and just go and feel and go on the ride. And um, But I would say that the movie is um, a truly never before seen kind of film about a family who is desperately trying to find one another through the chaos of life, mm. but also the multiverse. And yeah. Yeah, you don't Jamie, hear that description. You don't know. And then it's really funny because everyone, you know, everyone always says, you've never seen anything like this. And <laughs> every time we do press, we're like, we promise you, you've <laughs> never seen anything like this. No, really. No, Unless really. you dream seen. of Jamie Lee Curtis with hot dog fingers <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and even still, you probably have never seen anything like it. You also got to work with Michelle Yeoh as yes. your mom, who's an icon. A true icon. What was that like to actually get on set and, and to dig into these very emotional moments? Yeah. She is a true legend and carries that weight with such grace and play. She is so generous and I can't believe I've, I've been so lucky that I get to say that we were scene partners, you know? And but we also just had so much fun. And I was really scared that I was going to um, be too weird for Michelle because one of my characters is a villain and is, you know, blowing up people's heads into confetti and <laughs> swinging things and, um, you know, dressed as Elvis. 
And that was one of the first scenes that I shot with Michelle, this like very weird scene. And I had rehearsed it with the Daniels, the directors. Uh -huh. um, and all of a sudden I get to set and I'm like, oh my gosh, what have we done? You've turned me into a freak and now I'm about to unleash my freak to Michelle. And so I made them promise me that before we got weird or like before uh -huh. we released the character Jobu, that they would announce to the entire crew, like, okay, everybody, Stephanie's gonna get weird now, <laughs> so that she would be prepared and, and warned. Um, but luckily she's such a goofball too. And so we really had a lot of fun and she completely just surrendered not only to the process, but also to all of her scene partners and her family. Um, I think the coolest thing probably for my mom is that we, um, they asked for actual family photos. And so they're baby photos of me with my mom, oh. but they um, photoshopped Michelle's face onto my mom's face. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actual baby me, but it's Michelle with my mom's body. <laughs> I love that. It's amazing. So your mom is kind of in the movie. She's in the, she, it, my mom is Michelle, yeah. She's a body double. Yeah, yeah, she's a body double. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been so exciting having first seen you on Broadway, SpongeBob SquarePants. So how did you actually get involved in SpongeBob SquarePants? Because I know it's an interesting story. Yeah, so um, I, in so many ways, feel like my whole career is just getting in through back doors on accident. And um, I got involved with SpongeBob uh, before I even had an agent. Oh. I didn't want an agent. I was doing experimental theater, and I thought that was going to be my bread and butter, my bread and butter, what or kind my- kind of experimental theater? Like Contact Improv, Basement of Dixon Place. I did a show, I had just finished a show called War Lesbian, where I played a hand and, <laughs> <laughs> and like a fur coat. And um, there was this woman, Liz Suedos, who she wrote Runaways. Yeah. Yeah. She was a huge mentor of mine. Okay. So that was like the La Mama crew, sure. and I was very committed to that scene. And, um, I had just been at Williamstown and they needed extra voices to read through a preliminary script of the SpongeBob musical at the Viacom building. This was not a 29 hour reading. It was literally like, we're gonna be here for two days to see if Nickelodeon even wants to make this a musical. Wow. And the only people that were the OGs were me, Ethan Slater and Danny Skinner and Tina Landau was there. And we felt so like compatico simpatico yeah. um, that I ended up being there from that very beginning to like the five year process of developing it every single workshop it's what the show that got me into equity wow. and then one day I got a phone call that was like do you want to come to Broadway um, you're like I'm at La Mama this weekend yeah. Broadway <laughs> yeah exactly um, <laughs> and so it was really crazy and in many ways with Maisel or even this film it's always been me just like following people that I really love working with, with no expectation of where it will land or if it will, the scale in which it will land. And things just keep propelling into larger arenas. And I feel so lucky because for me, it really isn't about the climb. It's really just about making art that I believe in with people that I love. And it feels so affirming that it's working. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm always, wanting to be like, it works. It works to just do the thing you love with people that you love and cut out as much of the noise as possible. Mm -hmm. And you can do 
art that means something to you on a big scale that reaches a big audience and it yeah. can still be art that means something to you. Totally. And that's what's so crazy about even this movie because I have friends who've seen it now who are like, I feel like you you made this movie. Like I feel like there isn't a more Steph Shue movie that could have possibly ever existed. And I'm like, I know, isn't it crazy? It feels <laughs> like I'm doing experimental theater, but now as an experimental film that happens to be reaching mass audiences yeah. and, and normies and weirdos alike. And that is really special. How did you become that girl that was so interested in experimental theater? I mean, that's not the <laughs> most normal path. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I, I went to NYU and I at first studied at the Atlantic Theater Company and then I met Liz really short after yeah. I got there and we started devising theater together and she directed this show called The Reality Show mm. that was kind of like Runaways in the sense of it was a bunch of people coming together to write music and write sketches about um, mental health issues and mm. it was meant to be mm. shared to the college uh, student body. But when NYU opened up different campuses, um, we did it in Shanghai, I choreographed for her in Abu Dhabi. Wow. I just got sucked in. And then I studied at the Experimental Theater Wing, which was like clowning and making your own work and dancing, but not like ballet. It was just very, you know, like the Merce Cunninghams of the world, right? Mm. And I think there was a part of me that just, I never saw myself on Broadway. I knew that I, I'm not a Miss Saigon girl. Like I'm not, I'm not I don't know. Those aren't my skill sets, uh -huh. you know? Um, I'm just, I'm not traditionally trained in that way. So I think I just never saw myself there, but I, but the downtown scene is very international. It's people from Europe, people from Asia hmm. coming to make work. So I thought that I would just fit in a little bit more there. Um, and I think I was afraid to sell out in some ways, mm. or I was afraid even at the time, like there was not a lot of representation the way that we're seeing now. Yeah. And I didn't want to fall into a trope or a stereotype. Mm -hmm. And so I think I just avoided it altogether. But then I, you know, made my debut as a computer. You did, in SpongeBob. in SpongeBob. So I was like, you know, okay, if I'm going to do this, better be a computer. <laughs> yeah, you got to use yeah. all, all that downtown Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, but that's the thing, which is crazy, because Tina is such a yeah, downtown Tina woman. Lindo, yeah. um, and it, that piece was also, you know, like actually very experimental at heart that happened to reach a wider audience. Mm. And that feels like so juicy when you can do that, you know, because you're really stretching people's ability to receive different kinds of art form. And that feels so cool. And certainly with Be More Chill, I mean, I feel so lucky because I, even if I was in high school and there was a role like that for me, or that show had been done, I probably wouldn't have doubted myself as much as I did, or I would have mm. just, been ready to reach higher sooner um, or I would have thought like oh I can be a female lead on Broadway of course um, so I feel lucky that I got to carve some of that space for more people Elizabeth Suedos mm -hmm. I love your connection to yeah. her and such an important uh, legacy in the theater world and totally. uh, you know it's one of those legacies that I worry that like 
younger people won't know that. So can you just, yeah. because you had such a connection to her, can you sort of tell me um, how you sort of describe her impact and, and what she brought to the theater world and to you personally? Yeah. So Elizabeth Suidos is a woman who, she truly, she talks about being an artist as being a shaman, that you have to carry the weight of what you're doing and the responsibility of what you're doing in storytelling as a vessel to heal people. And if you do it for any other reason, then uh, your mind and your heart are not in the right place. Hmm. And so, you know, with Runaways, she was taking actual Runaways off the streets yeah. and saying, you have a voice that matters. We want to share your story or I yeah. want you to be able to share your story. Let's make music. Let's tell your story. And she has this uncanny ability to empower like non-artists to express. And that's what I, I think I love the most is she taught me the, the weight and importance of being a storyteller and that it is in service and it is of service. And she also taught me to find the magic in all people and that their artistry exists. It just needs someone to like hold space for it. Mm. And I love that. And I feel so grateful as my life continues to change and as I go into different mediums with larger and larger audiences, I just feel her so deeply with me, grounding me at every single moment and reminding me why it is that I started doing this in the first place. Um, that was a hotel. But that, that was, that was, you finished your thought, yeah. and that, I thought that was great. Okay. What was that, that door slam? Was that door slam? What? It's okay. It's no, okay. All right. <coughs> okay. Um, um, we have to talk about Mrs. Maisel, the marvelous Mrs. Marvelous. Maisel. I don't want to just do the next <laughs> It's been such a fun journey. I mean, I, I love when you first joined the cast um, and really shaking up Joel. Joel yeah. Maisel, really <laughs> shaking it. This, this past season, wow. Yeah, that show is amazing, and the costumes are amazing. Truly spoiled rotten. Like, every single fitting is like, here, we just built this beautiful period piece to you. We designed yeah. it for you, and it it's so fun, and it feels so special every single time. And also similarly, like I never thought that I was going to ever be able to be in a period piece, period, <laughs> or on television. And so to get to do that as a Chinese woman in the late 1950s, early 1960s, yeah. now that that's now that's done. So more people can start using that space mm -hmm. and a younger version of me doesn't ever have to doubt if that's possible for mm -hmm. her because it, it happened and I can't believe that I'm a, I'm a part of that. And also I just think that that show, I'm working with truly the most excellent actors of stage and screen. Yeah. I mean the fact that we do those oneers and just shoot a lot of our scenes in, in one yeah. one fell swoop, it's it's crazy. That's a pretty tall order and you have to be working with really excellent actors in order to do that. I remember last season for season four at the very, very end, I got to witness 
the Tony Shalhoub at play. We had no lines exchanged, but we just like sat in the same room together. We have one moment, oh. but I got to watch him work. And I was like, <laughs> I really felt I was in a master class. Uh -huh. I just couldn't believe his excellence. He's so good. I mean, and everybody is so good. Rachel, everyone's amazing, yeah. you know? It's crazy. Um, You're I'm, sassy on it. I, I am like so it. sassy. There's a lot of sass. I love it. She serves it up. Sassy and fast talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I am really proud of this past season. It was yeah. really incredible for so many reasons. And I love Michael so much. And yeah. it's just been a really fun ride. I love that. Um, so what about, do you have, obviously you're getting to do, I know you have other films also coming out, which is incredible. I yeah. can't wait to see all of it. I'm excited to see you have all these moments. Thank you. Um, what about Broadway? Do you have more theater dreams or do you, um, yeah, like how do, how do you look at Broadway when you look ahead at what you have in store? Your five-year plan, your 10-year yeah. plan. Yeah. I would, I've never done a play on Broadway uh -huh. and I would really love to do a play. That feels very exciting mm -hmm. and juicy somewhere down the line. Cool. And I also, I think that my dream for Broadway uh -huh. is that it becomes way more accessible to, to more people. I think that sometimes is the hardest thing about being on Broadway yeah. is I remember doing SpongeBob and you know, never been on Broadway, came from the downtown theater scene, had been a part of developing it for like five or six years. Mm -hmm. So I knew that the heart of it was about healing. And then we got to Broadway and I was like, we're gonna do all these programs and fill every seat with a kid in need. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm gonna do that single-handedly. And I got there and I was like, oh, that's just not how it works. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think similarly to what we're talking about with Liz, what I want to do is to serve people and be of offering, right? And there are a lot, art can be so healing and certainly live performance more than any medium can mm. be really transcendent because that transference of energy is right in the room with you. And I just want to be able to reach more people who don't have the means to see it. And I want, us as a Broadway community to figure out more ways and systems in place to make that happen because mm -hmm. I think it's time and theater is so important because theater is also how everyone gets their start right I mean kids these days now have like TikTok and stuff but people also do school plays and so we have a huge responsibility actually to also forward Broadway shows that are more inclusive and not just revamps, but new stories that they can then later do in their high school or middle school. And that like changes people's lives, mm -hmm. you know? So that's my honest answer. Yeah. Today, Benton wants to do a play too. So if you can uh, go with one together, okay. that was- A, a two-hander. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. And it's only for school kids. Yeah. <laughs> the rich people pay for the tickets <laughs> for other people. Yeah. <laughs> we do need more programs, you're yeah. right. Figure out the big picture. By the way, the Academy Awards are March 12th. That's gonna do it for us for this episode of the podcast. Until next time, I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is the Broadway Show Uncut. <laughs>